Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Monday, October 12th, we've got a couple more games for Week 5. Of course, the Monday night game between the New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Chargers, and then a Tuesday night game that looks like it is on track between the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans. So two more games to go, but Week 5 just about in the books. We're going to talk about that and some Week 6 waivers here on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funst. Guys, how we doing on this Monday morning for all of us still? Um, I am I am basking in the afterglow as a Seattle Seahawks fan, so I'm doing I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. You got it. Well, I could tell Brandon. I could hear like him breathing in, waiting for that. So, <laughs> so, uh, Breathlessly, waiting, yes. Yeah, waiting for you to you know go ahead and go first on that. Uh, I'm, hey, look, I'm doing fine. Missed a few, got a few right, and as always, and again, what did I tell you guys yesterday morning? Daniel Jones and the Giants suck ass. It doesn't matter who they're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we talked about that a bit on the uh, Athletic Cheat Sheet. Be sure to uh, check us out every Sunday morning, taking you right into kickoff. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere that you can stream us. You can find us talking for 90 minutes about uh, the Sunday that is ahead. And uh, we were talking about matchup can't be everything. Right, Daniel Jones and that Giants offense proved that for us against the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, on the other side of that game, we had the big news from Week 5, and that's where I want to start this episode. Dak Prescott, a compound fracture of his ankle. Are you saying that you set that up, Jake? Uh, Just a little bit. It was was too there. This guy, this guy's a pro. Don't ever let anyone tell you Jake Seeley's not a pro. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Dak Prescott, compound fracture of the ankle. Unfortunately, his season has come to an end. Uh, never want to see this happen to anyone, certainly not someone who is just such a great story and was having the sort of season that Dak Prescott was having. Unfortunately, I said this on Fantasy Football in 15 earlier today, it feels callous to have to take the reality of a guy suffering this injury like Dak did and do our jobs and turn it the way that we have to. So I just want to put that out there. We know how it sounds, but we've got a job to do here. So let's first talk about the fantasy managers who just lost Dak Prescott for the rest of the season. I think it's safe to say that many, if not all, of them only had Dak Prescott on their roster at the quarterback position. So now you are spending this week actually having to burn some waiver money on a quarterback. Is it as simple as going after Andy Dalton, Jake, or is there someone else who is widely available that you would rather play? Uh, I think Andy Dalton feels kind of obvious, mostly because also the weapons that's around him. I mean, we're going three wide receiver deep, and you know Dalton Schultz didn't get involved too much in that game, but didn't need to. It's just there's so many options on this team and you know, that offensive line, everything you want to look at there. So you know he's probably the easiest, obvious one to go after. I'm gonna continue to say it until he's 60% owned. But what the freaking hell does Gardner Minshew have to do for people to go put him on a new roster? I don't know what the hell everybody's problem is, but. He has one bad game this season. He's a top 10 quarterback. Guess who he gets? Detroit. Like, what the freaking hell is your problem? <laughs> so, yeah. if not Gardner Minshew, he, I would add Gardner Minshew before Andy Dalton. There's not even a, th- a, a, mm-hmm. a moment of, de- de- like, I can't, can't even get the words out. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh, Teddy Bridgewater, after that, has been playing really well. He's got the Bears, though, so I would probably go Dalton for that if you're looking more long-term. And Justin Herbert, obviously, we haven't seen yet as of right now. But he has the Jets coming next week. So I think you have some options out there. It's not as bad as you might think. But, uh, you know, Andy Dalton would probably be inside the top five if you're looking for a long term instead of just streaming every single week. Uh, I will throw Derek Carr into the mix. Sure. Uh, 
what does that guy have to do to get some love as well? I mean, all he's done is you look at his last four games. He's been on fire, 10 touchdown passes, one interception. He's completing like 72 plus percent of his passes. Got Henry Ruggs back and Henry Ruggs is more was more than just air yards uh, on Sunday. He actually caught those air yards. And, um, you know, I think with Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs, three dynamic playmakers at three different position skill positions. So I think Derek Carr. Um, he could be a solid replacement. He's like Justin Herbert, though, this week. You can't plug him in because he has the bye week. But uh might be an easy time to grab him if you're a Dak Prescott, uh, you know, someone rostering Dak Prescott because there's not going to be a mass scramble for some of these quarterbacks wait, wait, wait. So uh, that, that won't question. play. Are, are you saying yeah. in the top five? Or are you saying over Bridgewater and Minshew? Or like, where are you putting Carr? Well, I mean, I think you have to go. I mean, Minshew has a has a great matchup. Probably is 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 my number one as well. Um, I'm talking Minshew for I, the record. Let me say on on CBS, which has some of the deeper, wider uh, roster rates in the uh, fantasy industry. He is 83 percent rostered in CBS leagues. The the roster rates okay. way down in other providers. Certainly on Yahoo, I think he's still right around 55 percent. But we are seeing him start to gain some market share across the industry. Well, I was just going to, because I was going to push back on Derek Carr a little bit and the fact that I kind of feel like he's on the same tier as Teddy Bridgewater because the two games that he has of only 13 and 15 points, I'm not saying that's bad. I just put him in the same conversation of Tom Brady, but not quite Tom Brady and Drew Brees of the fact of if he isn't doing it with his arm. I mean, when have we seen Derek Carr throw a touchdown every single game? So I have a little bit of hesitancy. You mentioned he has the bye, so you have to look elsewhere, but then also coming out of that, He's got the Bucks, and I, I think at this point we have to be a little bit concerned of the Bucks matchup. I, I'll say this, Brandon: if he shows up again against the Bucks and throws at least two touchdowns and two fifty, then I'll be more on board. I know that sounds crazy after five weeks, but he does have two mediocre games. You know, guys, well, we so do have we we have Car and Bridgewater slated to talk about later in the show if we want to hold it okay. off till then. Uh, so, sorry, I didn't read through the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um, no, let's. let's well, I think maybe. So maybe Dalton's the easy answer. Uh-huh. Um, there is a lot of weapons there. This isn't a good defense. I, you know, you've seen some, you've seen some talk that okay, this isn't going to work for Dallas unless they really lean even more on Ezekiel Elliott than they have. But I don't think they'll be able to. I mean, I don't know how you do that with that defense um, and, and with those weapons. I think, yeah, maybe that'll happen a little bit. But I would be surprised if Dallas isn't at least fairly balanced going forward. And that, you know, that. I mean, Andy Dalton's going to be fine for fantasy purposes, in my mind. Andy Dalton's been a top ten quarterback. I forgot the Chargers got swapped out with the eighteen changes for one game that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I kept <laughs> I kept having to pull up the the right schedule with the, all the changes that were made uh, going forward. Let, one let's game, talk. we move eight games for one game. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is absolutely crazy. Um, Andy Dalton, two quarterback super flex leagues. Is he someone you're emptying emptying the budget for? Unless maybe yes. you've got like if you no. maybe you've got like Mahomes and Josh no. Allen or no. something. No, there's no there's no if. Yes, period. Yes, and yeah. you can make a trade afterwards, and you have somebody for your buys. Yes, the entire everything you could pot- potentially have left, unless you have one where you can't put in zero dollar bids. Uh, Mike, you know about so if, I do know about that. Do that <laughs> uh, if, if you can't do that, you save a few bucks. But number one waiver priority: empty whatever you can. You have to go get Dalton. All right, Brandon, let me ask you about the Dallas skill players. Now, obviously, the ceiling that was there with Dak Prescott, not quite there. The floor that was there with Dak Prescott maybe still remains. Maybe it's a little lower. Beyond that, is there any meaningful difference for the Dallas skill players, or are we just talking about an offense that doesn't quite have the full explosion it did with Dak Prescott? 
Yeah, well, that's a big deal. I think it's a kind of a bigger deal for for Michael Gallup. You know, if, if Andy, I mean, Dak Prescott throws a nice deep ball, and that could hurt Gallup, especially. Uh, I, I think for the most part, though, volume is going to be there as it has been for C.D. Lamb and for Amari Cooper, uh, who you know did his. Look, you gotta you gotta factor in Amari Cooper disappearing acts, uh, you know, along the way in periodic spots on the schedule, uh, unpredictable periodic spots on the schedule. But that was kind of the deal on Sunday. But I think Amari Cooper, for the most part, is going to be fine. I think Ceedee Lamb, for the most part, is going to be fine. I think Michael Gallup is going to continue to be inconsistent, and this isn't a bad thing for Ezekiel. And again, I think this is probably a, just a slight more emphasis on the backfield going forward with Dalton there. Yeah, I don't know if it means a whole lot for anybody else. Honestly, I'm a little bit more concerned of Cooper or Lamb, uh, just because I actually don't think as much as we do like Dalton to say, you know, he can. I don't feel like he's going to be quite as aggressive to Brandon's point, especially at the mm-hmm. deep ball than Dak is. And, you know, maybe you get more Zeke and Pollard. And then what if Dalton's attempting 25 passes a game, 30, like kind of in my mind, I'm thinking like Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense. Sure. Like all of a sudden it's one person every single week. And usually that's Odell Beckham. Who got, you know, obviously the Browns this week aren't the best example because even Higgins got involved. But the point being is, is it Cooper every single week and then sometimes Lamb and then never Gallup? Or does, to Brandon's point, what if it's more Gallup and then all of a sudden Cooper takes a hit? So, I just think it's going to be less consistent going forward and maybe more of the concerns we had going into this season of what this offense could be because now you have a quarterback that is, let's be real about it, whether deep ball or not, this is a, is a step down. Dak Prescott's yep. top five quarterback. And I tweeted that last night for all you idiots out there that continue. It's on him for not accepting $33 million. I'm sorry oh, he wanted God. to be paid more than Deshaun Watson because he's a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. So, well, so, so Where, so where would you... Where would you rank Andy Dalton among quarterbacks? Like, if you were drafting Superflex right now, going forward for the rest of the year, he wouldn't so be. Dax, a, be Dax a top five. Would Would Dalton be top twenty? Uh, yeah, top twenty. I'd probably put him right there in that back end, back 16, into the top twenty, yeah, teen range. Like, I think he's. I'd take him in front of. We talked about. It, I'd take him in front of Herbert. Uh, I would take him in front of Mayfield, but I'd put him behind like Minshew and Bridgewater. Bridgewater's just been looking too consistent, too good. So he's kind of feels like off the top of my head without actually doing like a check the list type of thing of right. kind of like the 16 to 20 range. Yeah. So when you, you feel good about rolling him out there as your QB two every week. Yeah. Yeah. He's no Dwayne Haskins. He's no Dwayne Haskins. You know why? Because he's starting for his team. That's the main reason why he's no Dwayne Haskins. Uh, hey, let's hit on the best other... chance to win yesterday with that 100 combined yards. Way to go, Washington. <laughs> Way to go, Washington football team. Uh, let's hit on the other uh, big injury from uh, week five, that being to Dalvin Cook. This one happened early in the third quarter, uh, hobbled off the field with a groin injury. He actually came back in for one play, uh, almost like he was testing it out at game speed, and that was it. For Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison ended up piling up 112 yards on the ground on 20 carries, also caught three passes for 24 yards in a great game. The Vikings falling late to the now 5-0 Seattle Seahawks. Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, we're obviously going to get some news on this injury as the week progresses. The Vikings host the Falcons in week six and then have a bye in week seven. I think we can take some solace from the fact that the team even let him test it and go back into the game for one play. Right now, obviously speculation. It feels like it's maybe going to be he misses week six, they have the bye week seven, and then he returns in week eight. We'll get more information on that, of course. We're not going to really sit here and speculate on how bad this injury is. What I do want to ask you guys, and we will start with you, Jake, on this one, 
If Alexander Madison is available in your league, if he's on waivers and you are thinking this might just be one start and then done, is he still worthy of being a you know the most priority guy on the waiver wire this week, or would you have to factor that in that it might just be one start and then done? Uh, unless somebody like the Chase Edmonds or Devonta Freeman is still sitting out there, then yeah, he has to be because you're going to get one game of he'll be in the top 15 potential RB1 discussion. Then you have, yes, I know the buy, but what if it's long-term? Again, right. you know, obviously, like you said, we, we don't know as of now, but Dalvin Cook has injuries going back to college. Like I keep going back to this. How many weeks in a row do people need to be warned? And it's like, take the warning, go get them. Alexander Madison has been one of the high priority next men up, Tony Pollard. And at this point, if you don't have, you know, the depth on your team, Brian Hill, Chris Thompson yesterday, Duke Johnson, Giovanni Bernard, anybody who's the next man up at this point needs to be on every single roster out there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, any Delvin Cook roster or any Delvin Cook manager without Alexander Madison probably kicking themselves that they didn't get that next man up right now. Uh, how about a couple of wide receivers, guys, who made some noise in week five? I think these two might be, will be certainly among the most popular players on the waiver wire and perhaps the two most popular players on most waiver wires considering the roster rates for guys like Chase Edmonds and Alexander Madison already. It's two guys who played in the same game, Chase Claypool and Travis Fulgham on one side we had uh, Claypool oh, getting... oh. <laughs> Fulgham Fulgham get his damn name right Fulgham. dude <laughs> is it really Ful... I, I have a friend for... who's I have a friend whose last name is uh, that exact same spelling except with a U in place of the M or the A and he pronounces it Fulgham well then your friend is wrong and also has a U in his name so there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right Chase don't, Claypool don't, and don't Travis respect him on this show Fulgham <laughs> Fulgum, Old Dominion Zone, Travis Fulgum. I'm going to start with Claypool because of that, Jake. So in your face. Seven <laughs> catches, 110 yards, three touchdowns, added a rushing touchdown, ran 22 routes on 35 dropbacks for Ben Roethlisberger. Fulgum, of course, big game as well. 13 targets, 10 grabs, 152 yards, and a touchdown. 31 routes on 40 dropbacks for Carson Wentz. We're going to go to you first on this one, Brandon. You can only have one of these guys going forward. You have to make one of them your priority on the waiver wire. Who is it and why? And then, Jake, you take it right from there. Same question. Uh, I'll go Chase Claypool. I know Deontay Johnson was out. He only played six snaps, and and Claypool, you know, was able to take advantage of that. But boy, did he take advantage of that! Uh, you know, we knew he was a spark score stalwart, but if you watch his opportunity and what he was able to do, I mean, he is not raw. He's not just a, you know a raw athlete. This guy's got some ability to do a lot of different things. But I think. You know, in Pittsburgh, it's a much more uh, functional offense in Philly right now. So I would worry less about the, you know, um, that. I, I think Chase Claypool is different than the other receivers. He's a big, he's a big bodied guy. And he not only could be a vertical threat, but, you know, he's athletic enough to run the sweeps and do a lot of different things. So I think Pittsburgh's going to continue to try to mine the talent here. I mean, if they don't, they would be absolutely idiotic not to. Um, so for that reason, uh, I'll go Claypool. I know there's some bodies that are injured on the Philly side, and those guys could run interference for Fulgham. But I don't know if they will, because when is Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson really going to be healthy? Uh, I'll let Jake speak to that on Fulgham. Well, and that's why I, don't, I would actually take Fulgham. Uh, it really, unless Deontay Johnson is missing significant time. That's my concern here, is that Deontay Johnson, when he's out there, uh, there was the debate whether or not it's him or Smith-Schuster is the number one. But either way, if they're both out there, then Claypool's the number three. 
Uh, Fulgham is the, right now, I mean, you could say he's the number one you know, over Greg Ward. If not, at best, he's number, or I said it at worst, he's number two. It's those two. Uh, Zach Ertz has been non-existent, and Dallas Goddard's going to come back at some point. Maybe that does something to the wide receivers, or maybe it just awakens Ertz and lets him be more open. I, I don't know what's going on really with Ertz at this point, but you have to look at it and say, look at the two games too. So Claypool got bombarded with targets. Well, Felgum got 13 to Claypool's 11. And again, we're assuming, you know, Deontay Johnson's not missing significant time. So let's say Deontay Johnson's out for two or three weeks. Then I'm with you, Brandon. But it really comes down to also Rich Rebar tweeted this this morning. He doesn't even have an end zone target. He's actually one of the most over weight on touchdown production per red zone and end zone targets is in the fact that the regression's coming uh, kind of similar to like the Calvin Ridley. So I'll go with somebody who I know is the number two versus who could end up being the number three again, unless Deontay Johnson misses time. My only, qu- my only rebuttal to that is why would you try to then go back to limiting chase Claypool? The guy, the guy is a ridiculous talent and he's, he's, you know, he's more than just a piece of clay at this point. I mean, he's, <laughs> he looks yeah, right. That's what, that's what that's, I thought that's, too. That was an unintentional pun, but uh, but I, I'm not I'm not trying to discount Travis Fulgham. I thought Travis Fulgham looked like a go-to number one guy. Like he was like he was like willingly open arms, accepting that role and, and saying, "Just keep throwing it to me," you know. And he looked. If you didn't know that Fulgham had basically had no you know, appreciable previous experience, you wouldn't know it. I mean, he just looked like he was comfortable saying, you know what, Carson Wentz, I just, I just made a big catch for you. Let's go and do it again. And, you know, I was, I was super impressed with him. He probably has a bigger short-term role, but there is going to be Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rieger eventually coming back. They will mix in at some point. I mean, they've, they were kind of on the, you know, they're on the edge of doing it this week. Uh, So, We'll have to wait and see. There will be interference for Fulgham, just like there is for Claypool right now. I don't think it's that level. Let's see. I'll even let's say they're back. There's a big difference between Deontay Johnson and Alshon Jeffrey's rotted corpse and whatever Deshaun Jackson <laughs> is at this point. And it's not limiting Claypool. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Why are we? Because because you could make the argument. Why are we limiting Michael Gallup? We're not. It's just this is what happens when you have three great options. We're going to need to get Nando to weigh in on what he thinks about these two guys on tomorrow's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek and I obviously talked about these two on Fantasy Football in 15, and I am in agreement with Jake. I would go for Fulgham first. Derek is in agreement with Brandon. He would go for Claypool first. So we're going to need someone to break the tie within our fantasy department here. So Nando, Nando's uh, going to go for like James Washington or somebody, <laughs> some X factor that we didn't even Nando's going to go for, uh, Nando's going to say, uh, just pick up Reggie Bonifant and stash him on your right. IR. Exactly. That's really the way to go here. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of running backs, Reggie Bonifan can transition us in to the Arizona backfield where we find someone who should be popular on waivers if he's available in your league. He shouldn't be available in your league, but if he is, Chase Edmonds going to be one of the more popular waiver plays this week. He had just three carries in the Arizona win over the Jets, but turned that into 36 yards and a touchdown. Also got six targets, caught five of them. For 56 yards. He played 33 snaps. Kenyon Drake played 49 snaps. He did give you a touchdown in 60 yards. He needed 18 carries to do it. So not necessarily the most efficient game yet again from Kenyon Drake. Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. I mean, like I said, three carries, six targets, 14 routes, 33 snaps. So still not a ton of opportunity for Chase Edmonds. Making the most of it, but you still want more opportunity if you're really going to believe in him. Is he becoming fantasy viable right now 
Well, it was the 33 snaps were a season high. And as you kind of look, that's that's closing the gap on Kenyon Drake. Um, I don't know that Chase Edmonds just just going to straight out overtake Kenyon Drake in this backfield. But I think that you're going to see a slow progression of Edmonds mixing in. You know, at some point, I think this could be almost an equal split platoon backfield. I don't know that they're going to say that Kenyon Drake is our bell cow and, and kind of treat him as as such. I, you watch this game. Chase Edmonds jumped out out at you a few times. Kenyon Drake hardly did at all, and uh, he's not being used in the passing game. That's a big. That's a big. Uh, you know, a big bad thing for fantasy. You need to be running backs to be involved. There is a lot more efficient touches uh, in the in the passing game. So yeah, I, I would be worried if I'm a if I'm a Kenyon Drake rosterer, uh, which I am in one league, and uh, I am a little bit concerned for sure. And yeah, it should have been all year long. Haha. <laughs> no, I didn't even like so we did this last week. I didn't even expect it to be this bad as somebody who hated Kenyon Drake. But all that being said, you just Brandon the fact is whether or not he's pushing on total snaps, he ran more routes yesterday than Drake did. Uh, and also mm-hmm. we want to talk about target percentage yesterday, seventeen point one to two point nine. Actually the last two games, it's even worse than Kenyon Drake for that. It's in the one percent range while Edmonds jumps up to eighteen percent. So for everybody out there, the reason I bring that up is because most everyone's playing half or full point PPR at this point. So I don't even need the total snaps. I just need the fact that the snaps are now close in kind of a 60-40 comparison, but vastly outweighed in the passing game. And honestly, if you're watching the two playing, Edmonds looks better. I think you might even argue next week, if it wasn't for that touchdown, Edmonds would have had the better game. And you could argue next week that Edmonds is the better play. Is Edmonds going to outscore Drake going forward? What do you guys say on that? If you had to bet on one to have more fantasy and half points. Half a full PPR, half, I'll, half I will a full say PPR. yes. Yep, I'll say yes. Brandon, you agree? I'll, I'll say yes, too, but not emphatically. I think it'll be pretty close. I mean, they're still going to both be used, right? It doesn't feel like one where either one of these guys is going to run away. But I think the answer to the primary question here, is Chase Edmonds becoming fantasy viable by that meaning someone who you can at least think about as a flex starter week in, week out, depending on what the rest of your roster looks like? I think the answer to that question is almost certainly yes. Yeah. And- where do, I mean, where's where is he right now as of week five? Do you have that? I mean, I could check if you haven't. Where he is you, in, in fantasy you, scoring? Oh, I, he, I'm, he's ahead of him already, for he, sure. In half-point uh, half PPR fantasy scoring? He's seventh yeah, on the week ha- already. Oh, just for this week? Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the season, he's Edmonds is 28th, and, and Drake is 30th. Yep. So there you go, yep. there in half go. PPR. And Edmonds, 9.9 points per game, Drake, 9.7. So now will you say emphatically, since it's already happening? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> is is a resigned sure emphatic? Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, how that... about we're talking about the fact that Drake had his best game and he's still barely inside the top 25? Still needed a touchdown to do it, right? Couldn't do it on, on yards alone. That uh, definitely uh, is, is a red flag, I would say, for Kenyan Drake owners. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
All right, guys, I want to talk about another running back here, one you are definitely not going to be picking up on waivers, but one who is quietly, I think, transitioning into a new role in his team's offense. That is David Montgomery. You have to go all the way back to Thursday night, the Bears win over the Buccaneers to remember the last game that this team played. Uh, but David Montgomery was not really used very much in the first three weeks of the season in the Bears' passing game, that obviously because of Tariq Cohen. But with Tariq Cohen out for the season, we've seen David Montgomery become a true workhorse for the this Bears team in week four, the first game without Tariq Cohn, second among running backs in routes run that week. This week, you guys, going in, we still have two games left, so you know maybe Alvin Kamara will pass him tonight, but right now, he's first among running backs in routes run in week five. He always was going to and continues to dominate the carries for the Bears team. Now, despite all of that, we are not seeing major production from him just yet. To me, this is just a blinking red Buy low, buy low, buy low, light. Jake, are you on the same page here with David Montgomery? Hell no, because I don't care. But no, I what? I just hell no. The volume, David the Mon- volume's <laughs> there. The volume is there in a huge way. I don't care. David Montgomery's there. David Montgomery is not a good <laughs> running back. That's the problem. David Montgomery is Jordan Howard 2.0. So there you go. If you want Jordan Howard with 20 touches a game, enjoy it. That's David Montgomery. I don't think David Montgomery's that bad, but I, I kind of more agree with Jake. I think he's RB23, and I don't know if he's going to be a whole lot better than that. You know, you, you're saying, is this by low time? Like, what's his upside? RB18? Like, I, he's in that range, and um, I actually think that he, he, you know, he hasn't looked bad, but I think there's there is a, a low ceiling to this offense. And Nick Foles threw to him, and he had seven catches, but he also had 30 yards. I mean, like, this is going to probably – yield a lot of you know inefficient kind of catches even if he is in the passing game more now and um I just don't I don't see David Montgomery as having those games where it's like oh it's 140 total yards and two touchdowns like put in here and there you know and that's kind of like the that's the RB1 class you you get those games from time to time I just think he's going to be a volume compiler not unlike uh Le'Veon Bell last year and maybe a little bit better but uh kind of that's that's where I'm at on him. So yeah, buy low, but I don't know if you're going to get much, uh, you know, of a, of a value out of it other than what he is right now. The levy on bell 2019 is a good, we're not giving him any credit for the defenses <laughs> faced the last two weeks, Colts in week four, Buccaneers in week five, two of the now better. You sound like everybody in the NFL. else. Stop being a Homer. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm the, the, the volume is no, going to be no, there. No, no, no. Two very I tough defenses. Else, I say, yeah, 16 exactly. opportunities I, in week four, 18 opportunities right, in week five. You, are you going to ask the question and let me say, do we not just make the same dumbass excuses for Daniel Jones? Do we not make the same excuses all the time? If you want to make excuses for somebody, go ahead. If you want to excuse Kenyon Drake and Daniel Jones and Golden Tate and Dan, you know, continue to do so. <laughs> but we always talk about the name of the game at the running back position, if, unless your literal name is Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. It's all about volume, and the volume is there for David Montgomery. And it was there for Le'Veon Bell last year. And it was there for David Montgomery last year. I mean, it was the guy there for David Johnson right now. <laughs> hey, 17 carries and 93 yards in that win for the Houston Texans. That's what I'm saying. What volume's what, eventually going like, to come what's, through? What's his upside in your in your mind, right. Beller? David Montgomery's upside? Yeah, RB 15. Mm. That seems that's, aggressive, that's, and that's, that's also that's a, a stars <laughs> aligning. Yeah. 
It's a little more. It's a little more aggressive than me. All right, I'm going to spend the next 48 hours thinking of some side bet the three of us can have with the Bears <laughs> taking on the Panthers this week in Carolina. That's going to be a game I think where you guys are not feeling so good about this By David Montgomery call. Yeah, David Johnson RB 20 on the week with your wonderful 17 for 96 or whatever, and we still haven't had tonight's game and tomorrow's game yet. Hey, we follow the yardage, and if a guy gets in the end zone, he gets in the end zone. If he doesn't, yeah, but he you doesn't. said 15. He was wide open you for David Johnson. I, no, no, no. You brought out David Johnson. I just said that he got the volume, and the volume came through for him finally right, with 93 yards. Move he also on. Had an end I'm zone. not even he making had, a bet. I like to put bets on interesting players. Let's go. He had an end zone target <laughs> in that game that if Deshaun Watson had another half second to be able to set his feet and throw, it's a touchdown reception for David Johnson. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Just Apologies keep that in mind. <laughs> there we go. On the other side of the Bears game this week, let's get back to two of the guys who we were talking about earlier. Bears are going up against Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater, we were referencing him earlier in relation to our Dak Prescott conversation. Derek Carr, we were also referencing earlier. So, it's a, uh, Brandon, you were making the argument for Carr. Jake, you were really making the argument for Bridgewater. So I'll set up Brandon on Derek Carr. I mean, is he good now? QB 13 in total points and in points per game. Carved up that Kansas City defense. 347 yards, 11.2 yards per attempt, three touchdowns. He's got multiple TDs in four games this season, each of his last four. You got to go back to week one to find a game where he didn't do it. Two 300 yard games. Jake, you made this reference, and this is where I was going. So is Derek Carr good, but is he also, should we basically be considering him in that Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford group? He needs to do it all with his arm, but he can get it done with his arm in a way we really haven't seen from him in the past. You know, I don't think you. I don't. I, maybe Ben Roethlisberger. I wouldn't throw into that group, but I think he's in the the breeze. And, and Matt Ryan's not even in that group anymore. I don't think you can play Matt Ryan for a while. This is it's an ugly situation. But I think he's in that Matt Stafford, Drew Brees area. I mean, Derek Carr was good enough back in like what was it, 2016, that he was in the MVP discussion. He yeah, was the right. uh, the the uh, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper year. Yeah, and I think that's just been it. He hasn't had that great a surrounding talent they got a good offensive line they have what i what i consider you know one of the maybe top eight top six top eight running backs in the league from a talent standpoint uh you got henry ruggs that can take the lid off the top of the the defense and you got darren waller is like a dynamic tie I, I, he's got weapons and he's got a good offensive line and he's playing to it and i think we got to give him credit he probably hasn't been as bad as we want to want to say over the last few years and he's you know he probably wasn't deserving of MVP discussion back in 2016 but he's somewhere in that I think at this point in that Matt Stafford range where you can feel like most weeks he has a chance to give you something because of the way this offense is set up yeah it's funny that you say that because the Matt Ryan one was in my rankings everybody's like why are you so low on Matt Ryan and then there was a few people who were like why don't you have Derek Carr higher and it was funny because I was putting them in the same discussion Brandon it's yeah. like they feel like the same one and obviously I should have had Derek Carr higher but it comes down to the Matt Ryan concern it comes down to what we talked about before is it has to do a lot with their arm and right now Carr is the better play uh, Carr is doing more with his arm it's just like you said the, the two mediocre games that he had does he have to do it every single week? Is he going to do it every single week? You know, maybe I'm slow to come around. This is also somebody that I argued before the season and said, not so much for Carr's value, but when the people were pushing back on me for Henry Ruggs, I was like, dude, he made Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree top 15 wide receivers in the same season two years in a row, everybody. Derek Carr's not trash, and that was my point about that. So maybe I should be more apologetic for somebody I was apologizing for to start the season. <laughs> I'm looking right now. On year-to-date, I would definitely take him over Ryan. I would take him over Joe Burrow. 
Uh, you know what? You said Roethlisberger. I'd put him behind him. But you know what conversation Derek Carr might deserve to be in at this point is the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford kind of conversation. Yeah. Like right there is in again yeah. a lot on your arm. If it doesn't happen one game, you're going to look at it at QB twenty. But these guys are ahead of the Matt Ryan's right now. Carson Wentz, like the guys that are playing poorly, that do the same thing. Yep. Well, I think we're putting Teddy Bridgewater ahead of all those guys, too. He is the next up in quarterback point scoring, QB 14, just one spot behind Derek Carr. He had himself a big game on Sunday, 313 yards, 8.5 yards per attempt, two touchdowns against the Atlanta Falcons. An upcoming mm-hmm. schedule that's got some good and some bad bears this week, then at New Orleans, then gets that second matchup with the Falcons, and then at Kansas City. Those are his next four games, and that includes any sort of schedule changes that we've seen <laughs> over the last couple of days here. So, Jake, Teddy Bridgewater, where is he sitting now for you? So, you know, it's funny. I was saying like Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, but then, you know, check the schedule or look, look at the schedule is uh, what's the guy on around the horn out in Denver? Woody Page. Woody Page always says that like time to check the schedule, whatever he says about schedules that Bears at Saints, Falcons, yay, at Chiefs, bad, Bucks, mm-hmm. bad. And then he gets Detroit, Minnesota. So, you know, going forward, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, I probably lean Derek Carr now just because I like that what we've seen from Teddy Bridgewater and the fact that he's progressing week by week. Like if you start at week two, the first two weeks, poor. Week three looks really good. Four, even better against Arizona. Looks really good against Atlanta, but it is Atlanta. And DJ Moore, similar to my argument for Drew Brees a few weeks ago for the Alvin Kamara play, DJ Moore did a lot of that play more than Teddy Bridgewater did for that touchdown. So I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he deserves to be out there as somebody that you stream, potentially a top 15-ish quarterback. But that schedule, in second glance, uh, really only has one nice matchup until you get to Week 11. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan. I'll give him credit. He's been better than I expected. But as Jake said, DJ Moore did a lot of the work. He's got really good talent around him. And I think where I'm at with him now is that I feel very comfortable with him in a good matchup. And Jake's mentioned there's a lot of bad matchups. And I don't know if he's the kind of uh, quarterback yet that can just overcome the bad matchup by doing, you know, doing things himself to make that happen. I think he's... He's more. He's still just kind of a game manager, but when the game's in the right situation, he has the playmakers that can make him look really, really good. Yeah, Robbie Anderson definitely has elevated the game there in Carolina. Another strong game for him in Week 5. I've got a few more waiver things I want to talk about, a few more newsy things that I want to talk about. So let's uh, let's transition this over to waivers for just a second. I think you know we've, we've already referenced these four guys. These will be the four guys who are – clearly the biggest priorities on waivers in leagues where they're available. So let's just assume for the sake of this conversation that all four of Alexander Madison, Chase Edmonds, Chase Claypool, and Travis Fulgham are available. Jake, give me your rankings, regardless of positional needs, just one through four with those four guys. How would you rank them in terms of waiver priority for week six? Uh, it's always going to be a running back first for me. It's so impossible to find running backs, and this is a perfect example why. So I would go Edmonds, Madison, Fulgham, Claypool. Um, I think it really depends on, for me, I would go Edmonds, Claypool, Fulgham, Madison, but if I, you know, if I needed to win now, I think you have to go Madison. I just think, you know, the problem is Dalvin Cook comes back after the bye mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Madison's then just becomes a, a high profile backup that Jake mentioned that everybody should have rostered. And I agree with that, but if he's not usable, it really is kind of like, you know, some somebody you go after if you're 
if you're in, in a hurting situation where you need to win. Otherwise, I like all the other ones for their near-term ter- utility. And I, yeah, I, I feel assume like Matt, Madison's ahead, a, flex op- a flex option with the buys. We're, we're in full buy mode, right? I get what you're saying, Brandon. And even if Dalvin Cook's back, you know, they have their game coming up with a buy as well, uh, as we mentioned earlier. But after that, too, it's, you know, 14 buys, 16 buys. And, like, I just feel most weeks, similar to Edmonds, he's going to be flex value at least through there. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. All right, let's take it back to some of the new stuff that happened in week five. I'm looking at what I've got written down here. Let's, <laughs> let's let Brandon feel good for a second. DK Metcalf, the number one receiver in half PPR leagues on the season, 496 yards, five touchdowns, 22 receptions, doing it all on just 39 targets so far. He's got 12.72 yards per target on the season. For reference, DeAndre Hopkins, who leads the NFL in receiving yards, 9.96 yards per target. So DK outdoing him by just about three yards per target. Going forward here, you guys, Brandon, going to throw it to you first on this one. Seahawks fan doing a Seahawks topic. Is DK Metcalf a top five fantasy football wide receiver? I think he, yeah, I think he is. Um, You know, part of it's just kind of the the makeup of, you know, Julio Jones has been out. Michael Thomas has been out. Like, I think the issue with DK Metcalf right now is, is the volume, is the fact that if you watch games, there will be chunks of the games where DK Metcalf isn't involved. And that's not a true go-to guy. Like you watch, you watch a game when Michael Thomas is healthy or Julio Jones, they're getting targets pretty much kind of spread out throughout the game. And there'll be kind of quiet periods for DK Metcalf. Um, and then there's been a handful of drops, but man, I, I mean, I think he can continue to, to build volume. We saw that in this last game. As long as that happens, I think it's a slam dunk that he's a top five. But uh, the 22 catches, not a great number. You kind of think that this is, you know, a a budding. Russell Wilson makes it seem like it's just an absolute budding romance here. So it's hard to think that this this relationship is going to, you know, go the opposite direction. It's hard not to see it just arrowing up and continuing to get better and better as the season goes along. Yeah, I think if you're looking at it too, I mean, even on the season, he's barely inside the top 10. And it's very touchdown heavy, as Brandon is saying. It's, it's like for let's be real, second about this. in yards. He's second in yards behind Hopkins. Okay, yeah. that's fine. And he's not in top ten, barely fantasy production. That's what I'm talking about. I don't care about yards. I, I care about touchdown, waiting it out. It's the receptions. That's the part of it. But Brandon just said the receptions and the targets. It's the argument. What I was going to say is the argument for Juju Smith Schuster. Everybody's concerned about Juju Smith Schuster because oh, he's got three touchdowns on 17 receptions or 18 receptions or whatever it is. Uh, you know, similar to Metcalf. And that's I only said is it. like yeah, the yards, but it's also the receptions, yards and touchdowns. It does, it comes in bunches. That's who DK Metcalf is, and I'm not complaining about DK Metcalf. But if you ask me, is he definitively one of the best? No, he deserves to be a low end wide receiver one, which where he is on the season. That's not a bad thing. Not everybody can be, you know, Alan, Alvin or Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins and the guys that we can just count for week in and week out, like Tyreek Hill and stuff like like even Tyreek Hill as as much as he is a big play, I'd still take Tyreek Hill over DK Metcalf. All they're similar. Allen yeah, Robinson, that's... you want to you, you want to take a bet on that, Brandon? He's Alan number Robinson two on the year. DK... I know. I'm trying to stir the pot a little bit here. What are we talking about? DK Metcalf's the number one fantasy receiver right now, right? Like we know that, right? Yes, yeah, that's what I yeah. said to start this. Um, yeah, and and you know, DK has he's twelfth among receivers in targets. He's getting the targets, but he, you know, he's such a he's getting a lot of deep targets, so they're not going to you're not going to have a high rate of uh, you know receptions on those 
given the makeup of that. Uh, do I want to do Allen Robinson for DK Metcalf for the rest of the year? I don't dislike Allen Robinson. I hate, you know, I hate cap- having to go against him. But sure, if you if you feel like you want to do a bet, I can do that bet. I'd probably draft DK Metcalf over Allen I'm Robinson drafting you into that bet, Jake. That was on your behalf, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I was looking at going into week five, but that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. Well, update update your, you know, come on, man. Week five's over. Week five's just about over. Here we are. Sitting <laughs> here, still DK have, Metcalf. Yeah, we have two games and one that got put on a bye. That's real fun. <laughs> I mean, DK Metcalf's going to be the number that one receiver. No, no, no. That wasn't an argument for that. Are you sure about that? Yeah, who could pass him? Oh, you mean for, I thought you meant for the week. I was like, uh, he wasn't even number one for the week. You got me confused. Ah, uh, yeah, we're talking, we're, we're talking past each other a little bit there, but either way, yes, that's what we're yeah. going with. We're, we're kind of, okay. we're, you know, it's not really much of a, what are we arguing about? We're arguing about whether he's a top five wide receiver, which is to say that DK Metcalf has, has come a long way. He has arrived. Dr- yeah, since draft season. If he's not top five, he's easily top 10, which means that's he's right. now. That's right, yeah. Again, that's not a bad thing. We should just do something that, I mean, honestly, if you wanted to take the time, we should do something I do on my podcast when it comes to something like this. Which is? Do you, you know, see, you don't know. You, Mike, do you, you don't know what we do <laughs> when we're trying to figure out. I'm trying to set you know, him up. You Shut up, Brandon. Sit around, listen I'm trying to, to your set podcast up. every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we're trying to figure out where we rank somebody for the rest of the year, player versus player, you know what we do, Mike? What's you know that? what? We no, make a list. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Jericho. Right, so- I love you, Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, legitimately, that's yeah. what we do. We, like, we say, all right, DK Metcalf versus. So you say, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, Tyreek Hill. And then you kind of go down from there and see where we actually would end up with DK Metcalf for the rest of the year. Uh, Michael Thomas. Yes. Continues. Uh, it gets very hazy after that. I'm Calvin sure. Ridley. Can I have Julio back? Um, sure, you can have Julio back. If Julio's back, I'll take Calvin Ridley. If Julio's not, I don't think Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is legitimately better when Julio is out there. Just put up 136 yards without Julio out there yesterday. I know, but consistent-wise, look at what happened in the game before that, and you know that's what we're looking at. All right, Mike Evans. I'll take Mike Evans. I'll take DK in that one. Adam will, Thielen? What about, what about your own teammate? I'll take Adam Thielen. What about your own teammate? Are you going to take DK Metcalf versus Tyler Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockie, I think, is is a top ten as well. I mean, I think you got. I think no, you have to take. I would take. Me- I would. Uh, I would take I, Metcalf over Lockett. I would take Metcalf over Lockett, um, but it's close. I mean, Tyler Allen Lockett's Robinson. doing the tip, the Tyler Lockett thing, right? He had that three touchdown game. Yeah, yeah. and then he has one. All touchdown. right, so we've already I mean, kicked him out yards, of the top four five. yards the last two games. No, I He's, don't know that we have. I you said Ridley. I think I'd take Mick, Metcalf over Ridley. I, I just think I want I just, I just think I want in on the Seattle offense more yeah. more buy in on the Seattle offense than the Atlanta offense right now. Would you take him over would you, Julio? Or are we do, are we just throwing Julio to the, to the curb at this I point? Would, how could you possibly take DK? I don't, over, no, that's well, you know the guy we have the guy we haven't mentioned is Adam Thielen. Yeah, we did. I, he said Thielen, and I said yeah. Yeah, Jake said he takes Thielen over Metcalf. Yeah, I think I do too. That's what I was right saying. now, just, just for he'd... for uh, for the just sake of where things stand right now, through five games, Metcalf is one, Thielen is two, Ridley is three, Hopkins is four, Tyreek is five, Mike Evans is six in half point PPR scoring. One more here, I'll give you guys both one more ask. Well, and we have to throw in Michael forward. Thomas, as you said. Of course, yeah, Michael Thomas in there. So that's why I was saying, just outside the top five isn't a bad thing. Uh, here's one for you guys. It will go to you, Brandon, first. If Herbert, because we just got the announcement, Herbert's the quarterback the rest of the year, Keenan Allen or DK Metcalf. 
Come on. I will go DK Metcalf, but Keenan Allen. Come on. I mean, are are you just dismissing the 500 yards and five touchdowns through five games with a record-setting pace quarterback that DK is doing? Are you just dismissing the fact that Keenan Allen's gotten 42% of the targets and he has No, not at all. He's got 28 receptions in three games with Justin Herbert and 300 yards in three games with Justin Herbert. Are you not willing to let Russell Wilson be the tiebreaker, even if you think these two guys are tied? No, I'm talking volume. I'll take the volume of Keenan Allen. Yeah, but you got to also factor in the quality of the targets. Like, you know, 41 targets with the Chargers with Justin Herbert has netted him one touchdown and less yardage than DK Metcalf gets. Like, DK Metcalf, the nature of him, and because Russell Wilson throws such a good deep ball, which isn't going away, is going to be, you know, he's going to have a lot more higher higher yield on those targets so in in my mind as long as he can as long as he can get eight plus targets a game which he's done i think in three or five games as long as that kind of continues i think he can counter the overwhelming volume of keenan allen in terms i, of I guess that's production. where we differ i feel like this is peak dk metcalf and it doesn't continue mm. well it's We're going to have to watch narrow, it play out. It's a pretty narrow tree. I mean, it's, they're not like a super like run-heavy team anymore, and they're really right. only targeting <laughs> And the Tyler Chargers Lockett aren't even deep. a tree. They're just a stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Hunter Henry is basically DK Metcalf to Keenan Dallin's, you know, Tyler Lockett. He's not even seeing that much. <laughs> and Mike Williams will be back, and Mike Williams actually— Perhaps as soon as tonight. Yeah, so— And that doesn't matter know. to me. When we seen Mike Williams was left for dead when Herbert took over. He was injured. Not before he, <laughs> this even, is before crazy. he was injured. All right. DK Metcalf is going to be better from this point forward than Keenan Allen. I don't even understand what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. That's fine. All I know is DK Metcalf. Metcalf has derailed this podcast. He re- DK derails. Let's get back on the tracks here because we do have a few things we want to talk about. Now we don't have enough time to get to, uh, get to everything here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick and I'm gonna pick and choose some things here. Let's actually let's talk a little bit more about some players who are gonna be popular on waivers. Jake will make you happy here. Preston Williams, is he back? Four catches, five targets, 106 yards, and a touchdown for Miami in the win over San Francisco. He was dropped pretty roundly. Are you willing to go back and reclaim him now? No. <laughs> you can go you can go chase him back because the two games before this, he didn't even have eight percent of the targets. It's just a flukish kind of game. You know, Williams you can get excited for for his value, but this isn't, in my opinion, going to happen every single week and probably less often than people want to believe. If you want to go pick him back up, because I traded him, so that should have been your tell that he was going to go off. I actually traded <laughs> Preston Williams and Miles Gaskin for Deontay Johnson. You're welcome, everybody, for that one. Uh, that's exactly why everything went to hell. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to go back to Preston Williams, this is, he's one of the ones that he's Deshaun Jackson now, in my opinion, but a different player. But Deshaun Jackson for fancy purposes. You get frustrated, you move on, you go to pick him back up after a big game, you start him and he does nothing, and then we go around circle chasing your tail for the rest of the season. With Brandon, really sorry, I want to jump in here because I actually remembered something I did want to bring up to you guys, and it relates to someone else who's on the waiver wire this week who could be interesting, that being Christian Kirk. Five catches, seven targets, 78 yards. Looks like the clear number two receiver for that offense behind DeAndre Hopkins. I saw this this morning from our pal at ESPN, Mike Clay. There are one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the NFL that have scored at least three offensive touchdowns in every game they've played this year. One of those is... Uh, Christian Kirk's Arizona Cardinals, the other five, Bills, Packers, Saints, Steelers, and Seahawks. Uh, Obviously, you're not going to just go out and pick up uh, 
very many players from any of those teams. But you do have Christian Kirk sitting out there. You do have Marquez Valdez, Scantling sitting out there in a lot of leagues and looking like uh, the number two receiver in that offense with Alan Lazard on IR uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, do we? Does that tell us anything about these teams? I mean, you know, um, uh, Chase Claypool now fits in there, right? I mean, does that? Do we take anything from the fact that these teams are going out there and putting up 21 points on offense every single week? This is all you, Jake. Oh, you said you, Brandon, but I'll, I'll find that. So I'll, I'll go here. Is I would actually take Christian Kirk over the situation with Preston Williams because, again, it goes back to, like, I'll take the number twos over the number threes. So, yeah, we're chasing offenses. We're chasing volume. This is what we just had the whole argument going back and forth in DK Metcalf for is do we tie break the offenses? So why not lean towards that? This is the reason why we go for the Cowboys up until now and hopefully going forward. So, yeah, I will take Kirk over Preston Williams because he's the number two versus the number three. But I will take the next guy on your list over Christian Kirk. I agree. Christian Kirk over Preston Williams, but so many people over Preston Williams in my book. Um, (laughs) I think uh, Jake would agree with you on that. LaVisca Chenault is who Brandon is referencing here. Yeah, Yeah, I I want LaVisca Chenault. (laughs) And, and, you know, Jake, I know you've referenced Jacksonville uh, pace of play. But they, I think they're like the fourth most trailing team this season. And Gardner Minshew is now tied with Tom Brady for the fourth most pass attempts in the league. And he, maybe LaVisca Chanel isn't a slam dunk number two yet, but he was number two in snaps yesterday ahead of Chark. Um, Chark got hurt. Well, Chark got yeah, hurt with the Char- ankle. Har- Chark got hurt, but he's he was close to Cole. Like as long as you're kind of like vying for you know near the top of snaps, you're out there enough that like he was right there with Cole. Like the the targets have been there. I think they'll continue to be there with this defense in this situation. Um, and I think he's going to continue to kind of be battling right up there in the top mix with with Cole if he's not consistently the number two guy i think he'll be close most weeks and i would bet for the rest of the year that again he's a rookie and you only you know you only see the numbers going up in terms of the snap count so i would bet that he is the number two when it's all said and done it just needs to happen yeah yeah i have been saying that for a while now is that chanel needs to do i'm still legitimately concerned i was going to bring up the snaps that you did and said the positive thing he's got 18.2 percent of the targets versus 13.6 for cole but it comes down to also the Chenault usage in the air yards. You want to guess the air yards difference? 18.2 per target for Cole, 5.0 for <laughs> Chenault. It's a, I love Chenault. You know, I'm going to continue to say the exact same thing. I love Chenault. I would risk starting him most weeks, but I also think for this, he could be in certain leagues the the like a buy like a sell high is because a buy high sell high is like. Somebody sees him as a guaranteed wide receiver three, and I just don't think he's there. I don't think he'll ever be guaranteed wide receiver three until he gets past Galen Cole. A few more news items that I wish we could have gotten to here uh, on this episode, but we're running out of time, including the distribution of offense in Cleveland. I think that's going to be something interesting to talk about for a 4 and one team. We're going to roll some of those over to Wednesday's episode when we talk week six rankings. All right, guys, let's wrap up this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast by turning our attention to the stream. Let's start with quarterbacks again next week, and this is updated with all the changes. Poor try to the Chargers get roped into this, right? They've done everything right. 
this season, and they're the team that is getting most affected by the issues for Tennessee and New England. They suddenly have their bye in week six. I believe their bye was supposed to be week 11, but because of all the changes, they are now having their bye in week six. One of four teams to have a bye in week six. The other three, the Saints, Seahawks, and Raiders. So uh, no Russell Wilson, no Drew Brees, no Derek Carr, no Justin Herbert. Looking at quarterbacks to stream in week six, who we got? Uh, Brandon, why don't you take it first? Well, look, I picked up Kirk Cousins last week in this, you know, in this faux situation and uh, to, to play against Seattle. And I'm probably not going to cut him loose this week, given that his matchup now is Atlanta. So I think Kirk Cousins always safe in a, in a you know, a matchup like this to do what he did against Seattle. 250 and two. And I think I even I think I even said that last I think you week. You did too. Like, yeah, that sounds familiar. Like, oh, Kirk Cousins, he'll give you 250 and two, and that's what you're looking for from a streaming quarterback. And I think he'll give it to you again next week. Yeah, it was going to be. We talked Minshew, and you said on CBS higher own Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins. Those are the two top options. I mean, you really don't need to go much past that. I mean, if you want to do Bridgewater against the Bears, that's kind of risky. And then after that, it gets ugly fast this mm-hmm. week it actually i already did my top streamers if you're needy and the no sir i don't like it and i've got eight <laughs> quarterbacks in the no sir i don't like it this it's kind of gross yeah it's going to be hard to talk yourselves into some of those guys uh, who you know seemingly have decent matchups right philip rivers against cincinnati but he just looks like complete toast whatever you said last week jake you put a piece of bread in the toaster and you forgot about it and walked away for 20 minutes that's what philip rivers looks like nick Foles at carolina hard to get behind him even though it doesn't seem like a horrible matchup on paper dalton and cousins the two guys who are widely available across the fantasy football universe easily the two who jump out at you maybe ryan fitzpatrick also against the jets that was a game that was changed because of all the schedule issues so fits against the oh, jets yeah, not, might not he's be not playing denver anymore Yeah, exactly. That's one of the games that got changed. So (laughs) fits against the Jets definitely could be one that is in the mix uh, as well. And another one that could get in the mix, maybe at the defense stream, Miami against the Jets. That was supposed to be Miami against Denver. That no longer the case. Denver is now playing. You didn't say. Who is it? Daniel Jones against the footballs. Don't well. Yeah, we talked. We already. I thought we already threw Daniel Jones out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Matchup isn't everything. This offense looked terrible. I mean, 34 points does not tell you at all how Daniel Jones played. No. If that's doesn't. all you look at. That doesn't even come close. It's just a, it's just a guy who, man, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. That's why Dwayne Haskins is the guy who gets benched. Daniel Jones, not, I don't know all about that. But, of course, two different teams, two different regimes. We could talk about that another time. Uh, let's look at the defenses to stream, though, this week. You guys, I mentioned the uh, the Dolphins getting a home date with the Jets because of all the changes. The Patriots, who you know maybe were dropped. Maybe you don't want to keep two defenses on your team because why would you? So the Patriots, potentially, they got dropped, and now they get a matchup with the Broncos in Week 6. Jake, who are we looking at in the defense stream this week? Oh, Washington all day long. We just talked about it. Washington gets quarterback at, or quarterback pressure like crazy, and that offensive line is doo-doo, uh, saying that nicely. <laughs> and Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. I think Washington's a great one. Uh, outside of that, it's kind of ugly. So I don't think it's also – it's not a great week for the outside the top-end quarterback streamers. It's not a great week for defenses. Uh, you mentioned a few options there, but I think if I'm looking, Washington feels like the biggest, like the most obvious one. 
Yep, I I would be on Washington as well. If Sam Darnold's playing, I would be willing to roll out the Miami Dolphins because <laughs> because the pick six would be back in play. Um, so then you got to be willing to roll them out no matter who's playing. You're, it's not yeah, like you're I, afraid I mean, of Flacco you're, is Flacco you're is Flacco? so boring and like they won't score a ton of points with Flacco, but he'll just dink and dunk, and you don't get a l- bunch of high risk pass- passes from Flacco. He just won't do it. So. I think there's a limited upside to the defense going against the Jets if it's Flacco. Let me ask you guys this before we wrap things up. As I referenced, perhaps the Patriots were dropped in a fair number of leagues. If you don't want to hold on to two defenses, if they're available, are they the number one play in week six? Yeah, I would say so. I don't know. Would you rather have the Patriots or the footballs? I, uh, I'd the, Patriots, have the, fo- the Patriots. The Patriots. Like, that's a Drew trustworthy defense. should be coming back for Denver. Yeah, whoever's – I don't care who's back for Denver, yeah. In New England, yes, hundred percent. You'd rather it be Brett Rippin, but I don't care who uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably I, I, it's close though, but I, I I would probably lean Patriots as well. All right, guys, I think that's it. I think we can call it a show with that right there. We got a ten minute discussion on DK Metcalf, which I am not <laughs> going to cut any of. I love that discussion. I think it was a lot of fun. Like five minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's staying. It is staying in the show. If you have made it to this point of the show too, you already know that it stayed because it's staying. And we got a great bet out of it too. DK Metcalf versus Allen Robinson for the rest of the season. If that's not the epitome of fun, I don't know what is. Maybe this show is as well. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're out there, iTunes, Spotify, something like that, and you're saying, I want to see this in written form too, I need a subscription to The Athletic. You can get one for $1 a month, theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod. Every single thing we do at The Athletic, you need a full breakdown of the waiver wire. You need to see who all of Jake's no, sir, I don't like it's are. You can get that with that subscription. $1 a month, theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod. For Jake and Brandon, I am Michael Beller. Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast with Nando DeFino and Chris Vaccaro will be back with you on Tuesday. The three of us will be back with you on Wednesday to talk some week six rankings. Until then, thanks for listening and enjoy the Monday night game between the Chargers and the Saints. And hey, the Tuesday night game between the Bills and the Titans as well. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. 